Let me tell you something about Argentina. It's not only beautiful and full of amazing things to see, it's got a great culture full of amazing people and interesting food. But on top of that, it seems even in a place like Argentina, you're gonna find scary stories with unknown creatures, unseen specters, and downright strange people. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Tonight, I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true Argentina horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true Argentina horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Before we jump into these creepy stories from Argentina, I just wanted to let you know about the Murder Diaries podcast. Now, the Murder Diaries podcast is hosted by Natalie and Paige who met on Bumble BFF. Yes, the dating app Bumble, but the versions for best friends. They swiped right and instantly bonded over tacos and true crime. Thus, the Murder Diaries podcast was born. Every week they tell one true crime story at a time. The Murder Diaries is for all age range. The Murder Diaries gives voices to the voiceless, humanizing and sharing the stories of true crime victims. They also spread awareness about unresolved cases. Well, that's what they say, but their listeners can tell you better. Here are two listener reviews. As a family member of someone who has been murdered and that case has gone cold, I appreciate podcasts like this that gets victim stories out there and make people more aware of cases that they may not have known about. They do it in such a respectful way, and I've been really enjoying them. I could listen to Paige and Natalie all day. The way they tell the story makes me feel like I'm literally talking to them, and they're pulling the words right out of my head. I recommend them to all of my friends interested in true crime. There are new episodes every Thursday and are available on all podcast platforms. Be sure to search for and subscribe to The Murder Diaries on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast online. And a quick note from Natalie and Paige. Hey besties, be sure to follow us at The Murder Diary Pods on TikTok and Instagram where we share colorful art, embrace fabulous women in history, and spotlight true crime cases. I live in Argentina. Nowhere exciting or anything that you've probably ever heard of. It's a small town a couple of miles outside of Cordoba. You probably have heard of Cordoba as one of the country's largest cities. My hometown is just far enough that we get many benefits of living close to a big city but not many of its problems. The only downside is that the small town Argentina life is very conservative, and I am gay. It's not as homophobic as other Latin American nations, but becomes pretty dangerous once you get outside the cities. I have a grinder account. Most guys in my town don't use pictures of their faces. They don't want to get exposed to the homophobes in the city. So only after talking to a guy for a while, you'll exchange selfies. I met this one guy early on, and we hit it off. He was nice, maybe the nicest guy I'd ever met. We started talking in the afternoon and we exchanged selfies by nighttime. We talked all night long. I'm not going to lie to you, I was head over heels for this guy. We made plans to meet later in the week. We were going to meet up at a coffee shop on Thursday afternoon. This seemed normal enough. We both understood that we would have to keep the relationship private and not have any sort of PDA or public display of affection. The coffee shop we were going to meet at was in the nicest part of the town. It had a second floor with a nice balcony with a beautiful view. I got there maybe 20 minutes before we said we would meet. I wanted to build up my nerve and get used to the environment. I was honestly incredibly nervous. 
This would be the first guy I have ever had a relationship with. I ordered myself a small cup of water to drink as I waited on the balcony. I remember daydreaming a little bit as I sat there. I could view the entrance area to see whoever came in. However, I received a text message. It was the guy I had been talking to. He told me he was there. I looked down to see four guys walking together. Immediately, I started to panic. I replied to the text message telling him I was in the bathroom. That was when I looked down and noticed that one of their phones had a notification. I was suspicious that these guys had come here to attack me. There was an entrance off the balcony onto the side streets. I was about to go down it when I glanced at the four guys. I noticed two of them had baseball bats. That was when I knew I had escaped a severe violent incident. I left and quickly made my way home. It made me anxious because these guys now had my full name and knew what I looked like. They probably even kept the picture of me and posted it online somewhere. I remember straight up freaking out all night. Not only was I highly disappointed by not getting to date someone, but I now had to fear for my life. On some level, I knew that these might be the guys that were trying to pull a prank to be mean or something, but I wasn't sure if that was the case or some sort of violent group of people who wanted to kill me. For the rest of the week, they kept trying to contact me. I blocked him on Grinder, but then he texted me. I stopped his number, but then another one of them texted me, claiming to be the guy's cousin. He kept asking why I stood him up at the coffee shop and wanted to get to know me. I knew this was all just a ploy. I remember one night after the incident, I was walking home bringing my grandmother some things my mom had borrowed. It had been late at night. I'm a procrastinator. It had been a couple of weeks and I knew it wouldn't get done if I didn't do it right then and there that night. But as I was walking home, I noticed a guy following me. He tried to play it off like he had just happened to be walking in the same direction, but I got an extremely uncomfortable feeling from him. I tried looking at him several times to see if I recognized him from the other day, but I didn't get a good look at any of the four guys that came to the coffee shop anyway. It was of no use. I just started to walk faster and faster, but the more I sped up, the more he did. At one point we were jogging. I decided that I had enough of this and would stand my ground. I came to a dead stop and braced myself to fight. I stood there for a few seconds waiting for him to run at me and tackle me, but he just went right by. He didn't even look at me or anything. I was baffled and then it dawned at me that maybe I was being paranoid about everything. Perhaps this guy wasn't following me after all. There were even a couple of times that I got anxious about being watched as I was out in public. Again, they know what I look like and I don't know who they shown my picture to. I feel like I'm being watched even to this day. It makes me extremely nervous and sad. One day I'm going to save up enough money and move somewhere I can live my life without fear. The hard part isn't being attacked or ostracized from the local community. The hard part is the fear of waiting for an attack. I'm in a constant state of terror about my sexuality. It's a special kind of fear that very little people know about. And it's also why so many of us fake being straight. But yeah, that was my story about almost brutally being attacked by these homophobic stalkers who might still be hunting me down. I am from Argentina, and my English is not very good, so I used the Google Translator to share my experience, so I'm sorry if something is not well understood. This experience occurred seven years ago on a trip with my elementary school in sixth grade to a hotel in another state where we would stay for a week. To be more exact, this happened on the fourth day. We had just finished dinner, and people who took care of us told us that we had to go to sleep, and each group went to their respective room. The rooms were divided into three groups of three boys, 
and I stayed with two friends in a room that had three beds placed on one next to another. Against the same wall in front of the middle bed where I slept, there was a television on the right side with a closet, and the left side had the bathroom. When we got ready to sleep, my friends forgot the TV control on the top of the table and told me to go manually turn off the TV, and I reluctantly went and turned it off. When I lay down on my bed again, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. Something that was inside of the closet. It looked like a face that was stretched out. It was light brown in color, but it was not anything similar to a human being. This thing had no eyes or body, and was semi-hidden between the clothes of the closet. If I could even remotely say something that resembles it, it would be that stretched mouth monster that is in the game of amnesia, but without eyes. Before, I did not believe in ghosts or cryptids or anything like that, but although it seemed strange, I ignored it. I thought it was a pile of poorly ordered clothes that looked like a face or what I imagined a face due to the fatigue. I went to sleep and after covering myself with the sheets, I felt a little curious. I poked my head out of the sheets to see if it was still there. That face was no longer there and had left a space where it was supposed to be. And after that, I noticed something else strange. But even more apparent, there was someone in a white dress standing a few meters from my bed, right between the television and my bed. At that moment, I covered myself completely. I began to think about what room we were staying in. There was nothing, white, much less a dress. The walls were reddish, the floor was brown, so I couldn't have been confused. I pinched myself and opened my eyes wide to see if I was dreaming, but I wasn't. I tried to peek one last time to see the person in the white dress. I was trying to see where they were, and then I saw her. A face that I will never forget. Just when I lifted the sheets to look a little, I saw the beginning of a woman who was bending over looking at me. She had black hair, Asian features, pale skin like the moon, and a look that seemed to look at your soul. She had her eyes wide open and was only a few inches from my face. I covered myself completely with the sheets and yelled for my friends to turn on the lights. They were half asleep and asking me why, and I shouted it again, and when they finally got out of their bed, I inspected my surroundings. There was no trace of that woman. I checked the bathroom, the closet, but I couldn't find anything. My friends got angry and asked why I had wakened them up. I told them what happened, and they naturally didn't believe me. When they turned the lights back off, I could not sleep and stayed up all night for fear that both the woman and the face of the closet would return again. Luckily, they did not appear again, and after that day, I did not see them anymore. The holidays continued as usual, and on the seventh day, we returned to my town. I have told this experience to several of my friends and only a few believe me, but this is a story for which I would give my life. This is true, but sadly, I have no proof. I live in California, and when I was 18 years old, I left the country for the first time. I graduated school a few months earlier with a 4.0 GPA so my aunt and uncle took me on a trip to South America to celebrate. I was dating someone who isn't essential to the story at the time, but it comes up later. Anyway, we went to five different countries and were gone for months. My aunt and uncle were in their mid-twenties, and the legal drinking age in South America is 18. So, when we weren't sightseeing and spending the days traveling by bus, we were partying. We were staying in hotels and hostels. Luckily, they were all super friendly, and the people were very lovely. We made many friends during our stays, some of whom we ran into other countries. 
For anyone who hasn't stayed in a hostel, they're mainly comprised of multiple rooms with bunk beds, shared bathrooms, and a standard room. So we get to Buenos Aires, Argentina, and check into our hostel. My aunt and uncle were bunking in a room with this German couple, who were very friendly. One night, my aunt, uncle, and I were out drinking. I danced, listened to music, ate great food, and the works. When we returned, the German couple was asleep in their bunk beds, so we decided to go into the common area so we wouldn't wake them. Our door opened in the common area so it was easy to access our room. So we were sitting at the bar drinking and I started talking to this guy. He was tall, a big dude who had these dreadlocks. He seemed to be in his 30s. I was having a friendly conversation, but this guy took it a little more, uh, weird. He started asking me if I wanted to go on a walk or if I wanted to go to the roof with him. Then he started touching my leg. I moved his hand away and said, sorry, I have a boyfriend. He laughed and said, a boyfriend? You need yourself a Peruvian. I laughed and responded, oh no, I'm okay with my boyfriend. Then he said, well, if your boyfriend cared about you, he wouldn't have let you come to South America without him. At that point, I made it obvious, or at least I thought I did, how uncomfortable I was and decided to go to bed. I told my aunt and uncle I was going to the room and said goodnight. I was lying in bed for a couple of minutes when the door opened and someone walked in. I assumed it was my uncle and didn't turn around. Suddenly, my covers lift and someone got in the bed with me. I turned over and it was the Peruvian guy. Usually in situations like this, my fight or flight was always fight, but being drunk in 5'3", and this guy being much more significant than me, I froze. He started pulling me closer and smiled. I just started saying, no, 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 to him, hoping to wake up the German couple. I don't remember what he said to me. All I remember is heavy breathing, touching me, and trying to kiss me while pushing him away. Finally, I told him, no, stop, get out, stop it, and I started kicking him. He got out of the bed, buckled, zipped his pants, and snuck out. I hadn't even noticed that he had undone his pants yet. I sat there shaking for a moment before I finally left the bed. I cracked our room door open and very quietly started calling for my aunt. She was laughing and talking to someone and told me to hold on, clearly not reading the situation. No fault to her. My uncle saw me and came into the room and asked me what had happened. I immediately burst into tears and told him before he stormed out of the room. The next thing I hear is a bunch of yelling in the standard room before my aunt and hostel manager fly into the space and turn the light on. I was standing there crying and they hugged me. The manager asked me if I was okay and who was it, what guy. So I told them and we walked back out. In this, the German couple had woken up to all the noise and were very confused. They felt terrible that they didn't hear me begging for the guy to stop. After a couple of minutes, all the yelling stopped and it was silent. My uncle and manager came back into the room and told me the guy wasn't even a guest at the hostel. He had somehow made his way past the front door. There was a lock and a key to get in that only guest had. They kicked him out and the manager profusely apologized to me. When my uncle left the room, he started screaming and looking for the guy. When he found him, he was standing there with a group of people laughing and drinking like he didn't just sexually assault a teenager. I think my uncle got physical and that's when everyone started yelling and the manager got involved. I don't think I slept after that night, at all. I'm getting chills writing about this. I know what happened wasn't okay, but I'm lucky it didn't go further than it did. I hope that guy never did anything like that to another woman again, but you know how it goes. If they've done it once, they've probably done it many times. My ghost story begins when I was just 14 years old, living in Argentina. My aunt on my father's side moved to another country and left the house to my parents as they were renting it. 
and it would obviously be better for us to live on a house we own. The first weeks in the house were completely quiet and peaceful. One of my cousins, who were living with us at the time, once he had arranged all his things, he had also moved with my aunt, and then strange things randomly began to happen. Every time I went to the bathroom, I felt a cold spot just in front of the bathroom's door. It was summer, the first time I noticed this, and the difference in temperature was alarming for me. Then one morning, my sister saw a girl with long brunette hair wearing a long shirt going towards the bathroom from our bedroom's door. We used to sleep on bunk beds, and she slept at the lower bunk, so she thought that she saw me going to the bathroom. As a few moments passed and I didn't come back, she got up to see if everything was alright, and then she saw that I was deeply asleep in my bed. She got really scared. When she told my mother about this, she tried to calm her down, saying it might have been her imagination. I never experienced something like that with this particular entity. I mean, I never saw her while awake, but... When I began dance classes, I started dreaming of a girl who was exactly how my sister had described. In the dream, she was always on a very dark room. She was wearing ballet shoes and a gray dress going to her knees and she was dancing, staring at me with these cold, dead eyes. I had this dream on a regular basis during all the years I lived in my parents' house. Some weeks ago, I was talking with my brother about this experience and he told me that he was always scared to look at himself in my mother's mirror which was a full body mirror, because there was always a girl his age, around six years old at the time, that would have been looking back at him. It would always freak him out, and he said he always saw the girl until he was about 14, maybe even 15 years old. I was curious whether our youngest brother saw her too, so we went to ask him. He said that he would only see her when one of us moved out of the house. She always seemed to be around four years old of age though, and that's the same age he was. So we started to get these strange facts from everybody in the house and putting them together. I asked my aunt if someone had died in the house and she told me that there were some deaths while the house was being constructed, but I don't think anybody in our particular family ever died here. But there are rumors that when they were building it, the family that first owned it did die. She told me about a man that apparently committed suicide and a girl who got electrocuted while trying to plug something in a PowerPoint near the bathroom. A curious detail is that I don't remember a time which our power was not broken or on the fritz. No matter how many times my parents tried and fixed it, it always broke again and we never got to use it. My siblings and I think that the different girls we saw or dreamt were in fact the same girl who changed form to be more, I guess, comfortable and fitting to our own personal ages. Thus, the attraction began and she kept following us. Anyway, I don't think she was trying to harm us, I think she just felt alone. Let me know what you think about this story. I will share other experiences of me and my family if you like it. And thank you for reading Swamp Dweller. I know my English might be a little rough. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories sent in from Argentina. If you enjoyed these horror stories, be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton and lets me know that you want more stories based off other countries. Now, I know some of these stories might sound a little rough around the edges with the English, but I did my absolute best to translate and try to fix them. These were some interesting stories, and I know what you're thinking. Wow, it seems like there's crime, cryptids, and ghosts no matter where you go in the world. And you'd be right about that. If you enjoyed these stories and are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, 
please give us a five-star rating over there as it helps me out a ton, and it's very much appreciated. If you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's from this country or a different country or anything in between, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would be honored to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium and want to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much everywhere else that you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of that, maybe check out our merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me over on Discord, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.